and welcome to a very strange episode of the Boys in Red and White podcast. Um, we are recording, obviously, a couple of days after the news of the European Super League announcement, which has stirred reaction from all of the footballing world, and it would appear in a, only a negative way. Uh, as always, to talk about this, I'm joined by my best friend, Andre Grayson. Hello, Mr. Dow. Hello, and I, I think before we get too bogged down with anything, usually we follow a structure where we obviously have our commentary quiz and then at the end of the podcast we do our theme where we talk about things that have happened. But ultimately, there are, firstly, there are so many things to talk about that have happened in the last couple of days that it, it doesn't feel necessary to have those little features. And secondly, I, I obviously, I don't speak for Andre, I, I only for myself. Um, I have really been strained over the last couple of days in terms of figuring out what's going on. And the last thing I feel like doing is remembering all the fantastic things about why I love Arsenal Football Club during a period where I feel absolutely disgraced by how they have performed and how they've reacted or acted um, over this announcement. So that's kind of my 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 view of uh, why we don't, we're not doing that sort of structure. Um, We've, we've sort of made a few notes about this um, because obviously it is something which we could just end up having a big old rant. And I, and I suspect a lot of the stuff we speak about is going to be regurgitated and obviously stuff that's already been shared by other people. But you have to bear in mind that this is our individual thoughts on, on this and it's affecting us massively because of the fact that we are Arsenal fans and Arsenal appear to be at the forefront of this European Super League saga. So we've made a few notes where we'll try and <laughs> try and stick to a bit of a structure. But um, first and foremost, we uh, thought we'd look at both of our respective reactions to the announcement. So Andre, if you'd like to start with that one, <laughs> take it away. Yeah, at least you're you're not setting the scene for this at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've gone through so many different emotions, but going back to the first one, I mean. We have to be completely honest and say we've known that something like this has been in the pipeline for some time. And I think my attitude to it has always been, yeah, but it won't, you sort of like, <laughs> it won't actually happen. You sort of roll your eyes and go, you know, you can see how it might happen one day, but it's not going to happen in my lifetime. And when the announcement happened, I still didn't really believe it because it was just after the Fulham game. And I I didn't really believe it. And then a few things happened. I think it was someone stepping down from the ECA. Then some official communications from the likes of Juventus came through. And it started to sink in that this is really happening. And then you realised we're going to be part of it. And you realised at that moment that it's possible that everything to do with football as we knew it has changed forever. And it was that monumental. And what, what the changes mean and, and what it looks like and how we feel or how we'll interact with everything going forward, I don't know. I think it's impossible to say. It was one of, I'm still kind of in shock. And I'm still, as we'll go into, as we talk about more of all of this, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. But... I think I've been kidding myself for a little while that the club cares about me in the same way I care about them. And it's not true. And I've sort of known it's not true. And I think I, 
am like so many others who have gone week in, week out, who believed that they needed us. We believed it because we wanted to. It made us feel great. Yeah. That they needed us. The club needs us. Like they, okay, they can take my money. Yes, they can change all the kickoff times they want, but they still need us. They need they need us there cheering on the team. And they don't. And that realization alone is the one that when I that announcement sunk home, yeah. really sunk in, that's what I felt. What about you? Very, very similar. Um, I think I think the most pertinent point that you've made there is about the realization that we don't matter, and I think that's that's been the saddest thing for me. And my my mum, when I was talking to her about this earlier today, um, gave me a really good analogy about it, and she said it's like having a family member who's committed a horrible crime, and it it feels like that because I've. I, I've been really flat the last two days since the announcement. Um, and I remember I woke up Monday morning and my phone was just buzzing repeatedly. And obviously Sunday night we, we knew what was was coming. But because of the, the backlash to the, the rumour and the leak of what was potentially going to occur, um, there was a part of me that felt like it wasn't going to happen and that they might see the bigger picture and see that how, how bad the reaction was going to be. But then obviously I woke up for uh, Monday morning, had loads of texts. I saw the announcement that had come from the official website and all the other um, clubs that had made similar announcements. And I just sort of sunk. And that was well, I've been on Easter holidays and that was my first day back at work on Monday. <laughs> and I just felt exhausted. <laughs> I felt exhausted all day because I've just been tossing and turning this this meteoric thing in my head and everyone you turn to it doesn't matter whether they're particularly big football fans if they know that you are interested in football they want to know what your opinion is on the European Super League and I felt I found the last two days all I've been doing is fielding questions from different people and different friends <laughs> different family members about what my views are and my views have been very very um, concrete in that I, I'm dead against it and it's heartbreaking and I feel like whatever happens whether this is going to be something that comes to fruition because that that is still very much up for debate about whether this is actually a long-term realistic project um the thing that has changed forever is the relationship between these these super clubs as they've touted themselves and the sport and the supporters because even even if this all blows away the club have made it very very clear that they are only interested in money and they're not bothered about the fan reaction. The simple fact that none of these clubs consulted um, supporters groups about any of this um, shows that they don't care about it. And I think another really, really important point is that they would have known that this reaction was going to happen. This is not something that is unexpected. Um, for the whole time that I've known about the potential of a European Super League and the rumours have been around, it's always been something that's been met with negativity. It's never been something that many people have come up and gone, oh, you know what, that might be quite interesting. Um, and the ones that do think that probably don't know an awful lot about football and probably aren't match-going supporters. So it's... it's. Sorry, did you say match-going supporters? I think... I think you mean legacy fan. Oh, so, sorry, sorry. Any... I've uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not up to date with all the lingo, but I do. Uh, yeah, sorry, legacy fans that we are. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but um, yeah, I'm. I feel I feel almost heartbroken. That's that's my overriding theme. Can, uh, feeling. Can, can, I, 
can I can I ask you as well? What 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 about the league? Forget Arsenal for a second. What about the Super League? Offends you most, or or or, or, or do you find hardest to take, or, or, or that you think's the worst thing about it? I suppose. I think it is the whole lack of meritocracy and the fact that you you can't be relegated from it um, as a founding member because. As much as it's, it's obvious that it's it's a model taken from sort of the US franchises and things, and I, I for one, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of American sports, but it's just something which is not needed here. It's not needed in European football, um, and I just I don't understand it. I like the fact that there's there's something at risk all the time. Um, and this season, as, as as awful as this season has been for Arsenal, if you just just to put my Arsenal hat back on, um, it's still there's still things that have been throughout the season where there's been a lot riding on certain situations, and knowing that okay, you you want to win ultimately, knowing that even if you lose all your games, you're not going to go down, you're not going to have any repercussions, and then you just restart the next season. It just it it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't sit right with me at all. And um, I know that that's been the overriding uh, feeling from the other clubs that are outside of these big twelve. Um, and it's it, it is it, I find it really hard to take. And I and the the fact that this season you've got in the Champions League places you've got Leicester, you've got West Ham that are that are challenging. Um, it's it it's that sort of thing that really really upsets me and makes it so difficult to take. Mm. Yeah, no, I think um, the meritocracy of it all um, is one of the problems. One of the things I'd love to talk about with you because I've been trying really really hard to work out what I'd like about it, and I'll explain the reason for that, Tom, is because. We'll go on to the more negative pieces around this, of course. Uh, we're nowhere near done with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, so I've been trying really hard, and you might not have done, but one of the things I've been thinking about is uh, this is inevitable. I mean, I think that's one of the things. I know what you're saying about I hope it doesn't happen. I, I don't know that it will in this way, but the fact we've left the ECA seems to be a pretty critical piece. And yeah. how on earth did we join that on the 8th of uh, VNI, get elected on the 8th of March? And here we are, 20th of April, seven weeks later, and he's stepping down. Whilst you're talking about the ECA, uh, I was driving home this evening and I phoned my mum just to check in and she was asking me about it. And she was like, well, good news that Arsenal have uh, backed out, though. And I was like, what? Almost crashed my car. And <laughs> I, I said to her, well, what, what, what happened? And then she was like, um, your dad just got a notification on his phone to say that Arsenal are backed out. And I was like, well, I've listened to the radio and I've been on my phone most of the day and I've not seen anything. So I pulled my car over so that I could go on my phone to find out what was happening. And basically, she, her dad had got a notification to say that Arsenal had left the ECA. <laughs> And yeah. had and my mum had misconstrued that as Arsenal have uh, backed out of the Super League job. Oh <laughs> right, okay. And I, and I was honestly, I, I was elated, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I think I think there's there's just something I, I think is really important to say that I think that I think is is where my head's at with this. I care too much about going to Turf Moor away on a Wednesday night and ruining my sleep and work schedule to go and follow Arsenal because they need it, as I said at the start. 
I love European football. I love European competition. I, I miss us in the Champions League more than ever. Um, one of the things about the Super League, the only thing I've got in my head is that are we going to look back? Because right now it hurts. And, and like I said to you at the start, there, there is a level of inevitability, hence leaving the ECA, that I think whether it happens this year, next year, three, four years, it's happening in our lifetime. It's happening soon. Yeah. We want to be part of it. I would rather be a founding team as opposed to not. And I'm not going to say that I'm a supporter of this. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to convince myself of the other side is that I'm relieved Arsenal are in it. I am, even though I'm gutted. But I am relieved because if this is where it is going, it is better to be there than not be there. I don't understand how it works with the leagues. But that's the only thing I've got in my head is I, I am relieved that if this is going to happen, we are still just about relevant enough to be part of the conversation. I don't want this to be a conversation. That's the problem. But if it is going to be, we're part of it. How much I want to do with it is a different story altogether. Yeah. But that's the only positive I've been able to sort of convince myself. Because if we backed out now, sure, we might think it all falls apart. But let's face it, there's much bigger clubs than us in this uh going for the Super League and, and they're the ones who really are going to control this whole thing because whilst we might be part of it I don't know if there's the rumours I've seen or what I've read means there's still a sliding scale skewed towards the bigger teams yeah so we'll still we might be in the Super League but much like when we're in the Champions League we're one of the worst teams in there you know Champions League we're not one of the worst teams well we we would be now, but you know what I mean? Like traditionally, because yeah. we're, we're here on who Arsenal are as a club and dare I say a brand more so than we are on current performance. And again, just to take the meritocratic piece out of it, you know, the only positive about this European Super League is Arsenal are still viewed as a club in the wider world as a, as a pull. But what does that mean? But you know what I'm saying? That's at least we're part of it. Or do you, are you that far... You know, are you that far gone with all of this idea or are you, like me, at least relieved we're part of it? I think I'm that far gone that I, I, I'm i struggling to see any any sort of chinks of light at all um, in this whole thing. Um, and I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I think that's a it's, it's a very level-headed approach to it and a very sort of rational um, argument about it. Um, because ultimately, you, are, you want the best for your club and... Probably, if this is going to happen, the best for Arsenal is being in that conversation. But I just, I, I don't know. It leaves such a sour taste in my mouth that I just, I, I just really am struggling to uh, position myself in any way that sees any positive in this. But uh, what I would say, um, whilst we're sort of going on that track, I've been really frustrated with some of the media coverage about this because not, not so much because. I completely understand why everyone's so up in arms about it, but it's been the irony of some of the people that have been um, talking about greed in football. And I and I look at things like Sky Sports um, and think and think about all of their how they just shift kickoff times and stuff so that we can't get home or we can't get a train. It's it's, it's ridiculous that they have the audacity to talk about greed in football. Um, particularly as they were obviously the front runners in the whole Premier League being founded. Um, I'm not for a minute comparing the two because I think w what people have said is that uh, 
quite rightly, is that the Premier League, when that was founded, still had the relegation system. It essentially just added a new league, which other teams could still get to. And I think that that is the major, major concern at the moment. But yeah, going back to your point, I think I'm just too far gone personally. Okay. All right. I understand. I understand. And look, I, I, uh, I, I, like I said to you, I, I'm working out how on earth I'm going to engage in football going forward if this happens, because it's certainly not the same. And I don't even know if what I said, I believe I'm just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. is like, I, 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 what, what, what we're having here is like it's it's like my brain over the last two days has just been an, an explosion of different things and this podcast is essentially all of those thoughts coming out yeah. Yeah. and I'm sure it's the same for you as well that they're just sort of filtering out in different orders and you don't know what's going to come out I have no idea what I'm going to say next no no I know and I, I, I think I'm, I'm I think one of the things I just need to sort of really say is that I feel like I've blamed about 50 different organisations. I blamed I blamed Chelsea first because of yeah. the money they injected into football. Then I blamed uh, Blackburn yeah. for doing th- this in the first place. Then I blamed the Premier League. Then I blamed... David Dean for introducing this idea in 1992, which my dad uh, sent me as a, a yes, a I, I saw that. Today. I saw that. <laughs> uh, then I blamed. I just blamed everything. I blamed the fact that we won the title in the last minute at Anfield in 1989, and that was the best entertainment. And everyone realised there's a huge captive audience for watching this week in, week out. I blame the fact that I go to every game and I buy all the kits. I blame the fact that my friends and and lots of people I know don't watch 90-minute matches anymore. They prefer to watch highlight clips and they don't engage in it in the same way as they did. I blamed everything. I blamed every, I blamed the fact that Arsene Wenger left because he'd never let this happen. I blame the people who sold their shares to Kroenke. I blamed America. I blamed China. I blamed all the world. The world <laughs> yeah, I blamed the world for having such an interest in something that's that's mine. That's mine. You know, Arsenal is mine. Everything I do, everything I've, I've known my whole life is about Arsenal and going to Arsenal matches and watching Arsenal matches. And they're my local club and it's being taken away. And it's different to American sport, you know. Fine, if you want to use our stadium to have London Reds play, you know, Turin Tornadoes, fine. I don't care. I won't watch it. I might watch it because it's exciting. I mean, I personally think, right, I could live, I really could live with this European Super League. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't support it. I think it's still wrong. If there was relegation and the bottom four teams went back down to their respective leagues and however many were there, you know, it sort of sits above all the European leagues. That I could deal with. That yeah. that I'm on board with. I'm not on board with, sorry. But at least I could get it. But this European Super League, look, if you see the new formatting of the Champions League. Yeah. But actually, I just go back to, because the point I need to make here is I just feel like everyone sold their soul to football and what this became and greed. Because for the fact we're going, UEFA will save the day. What are we talking about? They're as corrupt as it gets. And FIFA. And, you know... I'm looking at things like the players here. We love we love the players. I, I, there's nothing more I love than coming on this podcast and talking to you about the players and the quality Saka has 
Or isn't it great that Nketiah got his first goal for ages? That's what I love talking to you about. You know, what do you think it means for Nketiah? But the players don't matter either because they're not told. The managers aren't told. This is a group of billionaires who don't care about football, who are changing it for everyone else. And the worst part is we're powerless to stop it. And that is no one wants this. No one. I don't understand who wants this. I don't understand what wealth it protects. Whose wealth? It's not like, oh, great news. Arsenal part of it. Great. We're going to get 10 players. We're going to replace our whole squad for 350 mil and get the best players. And I'm going to watch them at the Emirates. It's just not going to feel that way or feel the same. It's just not. Why would you, why would you go to the Emirates? Why would you go to the Emirates on the Saturday to watch us? God knows what team we put out of against uh, Southampton at home because we got Barcelona away on the Wednesday. Yeah. What's that? What is that? It's different when it's the Champions League and there's structures in place. The only thing I've got in my head is the Premier League, much as there is um, relegation and promotion, I know Leicester won the league, but it's a huge, huge outlier. The Premier League winners and who enters European competition is quite a close shop, yeah. which is the only thing I've got in my head, is that I do wonder if this was brought in when the top four was Arsenal, Man U, Chelsea and Liverpool, almost Every year, there was a period where that was the top four for about five, six years. If it had happened then, it would have made more sense. But you've got more jeopardy in the Premier League than ever. And that adds to, look, much as we, to be honest, I fucking hate it at the minute because it means Arsenal lose all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's great for the league. Look at the top ten. It's all over the place. Yeah. But the other, the only other thing, and just talking of the correspondence about this is, I tell you what, fuck Pep and fuck, fuck Man City going on about, like, this isn't sport, it isn't competition, because they're the ones that are currently breaking the competition. And this is what it does, is this thing is here to try and make you more tribalistic, right? Because Man City have, and Chelsea, are the ones that have driven this closer to the edge more than ever, because other clubs cannot compete, because it's wealth challenging less wealth. But the problem is, is we've got investors who just see Arsenal as making money. They don't see Arsenal as custodians or bastions of protecting what's right about this club. And that's the part that kills me. And this is why I get so wound up with City coming out and acting like they don't want to be parties. They are responsible as much as anyone for pumping in billions and making the Premier League an uneven playing field, which is why other clubs are being driven to these solutions. I, I, I think that's one of the things I just... Everything's annoying me about this and no club looks good. And it's really hard because everything makes me want to defend Arsenal, but it is indefensible. And that's the part I really can't deal with. Yeah, it, it, it is indefensible. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to know what to say beyond that, beyond that because like, like you said, well, as football supporters, our instinct is to big up our football club and and defend our club and, and be complimentary and, and positive about everything to do with our club. And it, it doesn't, it's not something you can do at the moment. And the only thing that I have um, liked is that it's not a case of other supporters being critical of you as a supporter of your club. It's, it's not, a, that's not the conversations that are being had. The conversations are being had as, uh, are that, 
well, what do you think about it? I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible as well. And then you sort of connect over your equal negativity about the whole process. Um, but it's it's been comforting to see the world of football all pull together with this and all sort of be heading in the right direction and all be, be on the same page. Um, ultimately, it's, it could well be frivolous because all of the people involved with this are not football people. They are people that want money. And that is the overriding thing about all of this. It's about money and nothing else. Um, what I would also say as well is that these, this is our... It's, it's, we, we all say it's my club, it's our club, whatever you want to say. But it's it's just so far removed from what that that means anymore. Uh, it's nothing to do with the supporters anymore, and it's heartbreaking. I know we've said that probably three or four times now so far, so far on this podcast, but it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I've seen quite a few people saying, "Well, there's always um, non-league football, low-league football that you can get involved with as well." It's just like that's missing the complete fucking point. Arsenal is my club. Arsenal is my club. I love my club. Um, they are ingrained in my family history. My my dad was an Arsenal fan. My granddad was an Arsenal fan. My great-granddad was born in Woolwich by the old ground. So it's something which is ingrained in my family history and is a part of me. And it's not something that you can just uproot and go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to support someone else. Like, like you, we, me and you go to as many games as we can possibly get to. Every single season, we do whatever we can to get tickets. We do whatever we can to get into um, different grounds and go and travel the country and the continent to go and see Arsenal play football. And it's not something that you can just drop, uh, drop and go, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's part of my lifestyle. It's part of everything that, that I preach about as a person because I've grown up with Arsenal in my life. And it's been the one constant in my life, obviously with my family as well, but it's been the one constant in my life that although things disappoint me about it, that I know is always there. It's always there when I need it. And now it's a serious question about whether it will be there in the same capacity and in the same light that it always has been. Mm. Yeah, which which leads me to a question I, I sort of, I almost don't want to ask because I I know the answer and the co- the, the subsequent conversation we're going to have is difficult. How are you feeling about our semi in the Europa League with Villarreal? I feel really really down about it, and it's it's something that I thought about this today on the drive home, and I was thinking about the fact that usually at this point in the week I'd be thinking about the next fixture. I've not even given the Everton game on Friday a, a a moment's thought, and I've almost forgotten there was a game to be played then. And going to the the semi final, the, the the big thing that upsets me about it is that we are basically saying that if we are committed to this and we genuinely think as a club that we're going to get the the Super League off the ground with with these other eleven clubs, then. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what happens in that semi-final. It doesn't matter to the club whether we achieve European football um, through the league or through the Europa League because we believe that we've got some God's given given right to be in European football all the time. And 
that's that's kind of how I feel about it, and it's it's upsetting me because I was really enthusiastic about the uh, the semi final, and I was really enthusiastic and optimistic about our chances in the Europa League, and that that feeling has kind of um, dissipated away, which I find really really hard to sort of tolerate. Um, how how are you feeling about it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, not what I think. Not what I think. It doesn't matter. Actually, yeah, that, that that's true as well, but. Uh, it does. It doesn't matter, I, I, and I can't believe it. it was the first thing I thought. It was the first thing I thought when I saw it. I was like, and, and all this stuff's going out around banning us. They, they, won't, they won't be able to ban teams, and they won't be able to stop teams winning it. And uh, I've waited my whole life for Arsenal to win a European competition, and um, but I don't want us to go and win the Super League. I mean, I do if we're in it, but do I? I don't. I don't even know if that's true. I just assume that's what I'll feel. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I, I, I go on to so, how long we've been talking about everything, Tom, and, and how much we want to get in the Champions League because we get the money and it means we get better players, and and this is our gateway to doing that. But it just feels wrong. It feels like um, it feels like on a, uh when I used to play Football Manager and uh, I was struggling, so I'd go into a team I didn't like buy my reserve goalie in the under 18s for a hundred million and then spunk that on players <laughs> and like love it but it was it was never fulfilling because he didn't it, you know it wasn't the point it, of the game it, do, it does feel like that though it does feel like we've just gone yeah. well we're, we're not at the top table anymore so why don't we make a new table that we can sit <laughs> at <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know, like I said to you, I'm struggling to see the merits. I'm struggling to see anything. But yeah, that, that's the thing is like, one of the things I'm so sad about, and I think this is the bit that kills me the most inside, is that we have suffered this year, suffered as a as a planet with COVID and being locked in. And, and you know, particularly for, for you and I who love to go to every game, we've not gone to a single one. And this season has been a real toil. Yeah. And the year, the year of our, everyone's life's been a real toil. And to to know that after all this struggle and everything we've put ourselves through in the last year, our last few games don't matter. They don't matter. Nothing we've done this season matters if this goes ahead. It doesn't matter. And it will never matter what we do in the league. And to many, in many ways, it doesn't matter what we do in the Super League. Because we're you know, always I, in I, it and we'll always get the money. <laughs> well, exactly. But what do we want the money for if we're not going to go and win a league? And if the Premier League is a, a hollow win, then what's the point? What are we winning it for? Because the joy of what that means and the riches and the thought of defending it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And, uh, and I go back to, so, you know, you and I know our American sports, but like, in the NHL, so Maple Leafs, who I follow, haven't won the title since the 60s. So for 50 years, they've been a big club, big team, big franchise, and but they've done nothing. They've done nothing for 50 years. And I could make a joke about Tottenham at that point, but I'm not going to. But... <laughs> you should have done just to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that. We'll come to we'll come to them, um, but that will be Arsenal. 
we're not going to win the league because there's also five other teams in this who will have more money and probably back it up with more resources. And also the league probably won't matter. And if the European Super League is skewed towards the bigger clubs in it, that means they'll nearly always win it. Yeah. So we are signing up to not win a trophy for years. Like, that's the bit that kills me. It's not like we're going into this and it means we'll have untold success. Not that I'd want it in this way anyway. You know? Not that I would. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the that's the thing is that, that we're, we're literally asking, the club are asking their supporters to accept not winning very often for, for money that they never see. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a really, really good point. Um, and it's... It, ju- it just sets the tone for this whole scenario again and gives it a different light because I don't I don't think too I've not read too much about that side of things um, I've had similar thoughts but I, I, as someone who's a keen follower of American sports I've, I've had similar thoughts and that's a really really good analogy um, using the maple leaves um, it's just so it's so tough and I I, I just I, I find my, myself just constantly going back to that word heartbreak keep going back to it because I just I don't know what else to say I don't know what else to say at this stage and we've spoken about this for for half an hour now and it's it's still it's still the overriding emotion and it's still I I don't want a a situation where Arsenal aren't going to win what I love about sport is that it's the belief that you can win it's the belief that you can do the incredible and this is where we use Leicester as a case in point they by doing what they did made every other team in the football league believe they believed that one day it could happen to them it probably it's not going to happen to 95% of them probably 99% of them but it gave them the belief that it could and that's what sport's all about sport is about believing it's about mm-hmm. having that it's about having that optimism and the start of every season is, is is exciting even if you know you've got a terrible team the start of the season is about you know what you never know you never know what could happen this year and I, I use my feelings at the start of this season as, as a case in point because realistically we spoke about it enough we knew we didn't have a particularly strong side we knew that we weren't um, able to compete with the top teams in the Premier League but then you win that first game of the season and you think well you know <laughs> stranger things have happened so and that's that's the feeling that you have at the start of every campaign and I feel like that is just being snatched away it, that that's the whole point because it's making everything else seem pointless um as as this whole segment started with that question about the Europa League it doesn't matter it and if this goes ahead it won't matter <laughs> mm. yeah yeah it won't now I would like to just talk about our neighbours quickly because, <laughs> and and the reason is it's slightly different point to perhaps what you're going to think. <laughs> so my question is, and this is something that is quite dark, is that has, have they known this was coming for a while because they have shoehorned in funding for a new stadium? Okay. They have somehow, I mean, they're very lucky about Pochettino. So make no mistake how lucky they are to have found a manager and how lucky they are to have an academy player do what Kane has done. But the reason I bring this up is because 
the day after a Super League is confirmed, their really expensive box office manager is sacked. Okay, they signed the biggest name in women's football in Alex Morgan last summer, only yeah. for a six month loan. Everything he has done in the last four to five years has accelerated the perception, and I use that word because it is important, especially with them, the perception of them as a club, because they have achieved nothing, which we love to mock them for. But my concern is, did he know? And I bet you he did, because he's a he's a very clever man, Daniel Levy. And as much as I hate to say it, if you look at their acceleration as a club, did he know? Because you do not. It is irresponsible to take on the debt he took on. And he didn't even get a toss that he's paying Mourinho 16 million to sack him. Yeah. Did he know? I think he knew. I think he knew. I think I think there's I, a, a definitely a case to be made that he knew. Um because and when what you, I'm saying is if he if he knew, yeah. they all knew. Well, yeah, I think this is something that's been we we know it's been rumbling on for a while. Um and and I I go back to what you said at the start of the podcast where you said that um, this is something which we sort of knew about and just wished that it would never happen. You thought, sort of thought, oh, it won't happen. We don't need to worry about it. But like you said, they would have all known. This is something that you don't just pluck something like this out of thin air, do you? Um, this is something that has been going on for a while and they've kept it between their little elite few. Um, yeah. And... Every, everyone involved at the top table of this. So I obviously Stan Kroenke being one of the the main arbitrary, <laughs> one of the main castigators of all this. Daniel Levy, um, the Glaziers, um, Perez from Real Madrid. We, the list goes on, um, and it's also not surprising that Ivan Gazidis was involved with this as well. Um, <laughs> what 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 de- what a deplorable person he is! But um, mm. yeah, it, it's just. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's giving me a headache thinking about <laughs> I know. I know it does. It does. And I don't know if we can talk about all of this too much longer. But my one final one, my one final one, is how, as a group of people, fans, do we block it? What? How can it be stopped? I mean, it's very clear to me how it, it, it could have been prevented. And that's the ownership model in Germany, which protects all of that. That's yeah. quite a niche it, it sort of economy and nationalistic way of doing things. They're, they're, it's unique Germany in that respect for, for that the way it works. However, that, that's gone. And the government, I, I don't want, I, I, I mean, to ask the government to get it. I mean, really? That's, we, we're expecting the government to intervene here like that's what people are clinging on to and I get why but like come on what on earth do you think is going to stop this because you know what they've shown is oh everyone says oh well just don't renew your season ticket it doesn't matter to them it doesn't matter if they get this money it does not matter who is at that ground it does not matter if the person sat in my seat is me or a tourist or Anyone else who paid £100 for it to watch us lose 5-0 to Real Madrid, you know, but what do you think as a whole football society, can anything be done to stop it? I think it depends entirely on what their end motive is, because if it is that they want this to happen, regardless, 
um, then I don't think there's an awful lot that can be done. Um, because I, if you think about the size of these 12 clubs, um, they all have such big legal teams that I'm sure they've gone over every single angle that they could possibly have gone over um, in preparation for this. So they'll know if they have legal standings and if there's anything for them to be worried about. Um, so I think from a legal standpoint, it's going to be very, very difficult. The only thing that I think could potentially stop this is if UEFA back down in any capacity and try to renegotiate with those clubs because I think that's ultimately what could save it. But then why why should that happen? That's something which I don't think UEFA will be willing to do. Um, I, it, it's so difficult. I think I think the biggest thing that we can do as supporters is, is what's happening at the moment. So supporters that are protesting, um, letting the club know exactly how they feel. Um, our, our good friend Sammy, um, I'm, I'm sure she'll be happy for me to share this, um, <laughs> sent, sent me a text earlier today about her dad had sent a uh, an email to Arsenal Football Club um, to state exactly how unhappy he was. And he got a generic reply from them to say that it's very exciting. Here's some more information on the Euro- European Super League. Um, and then sent another, another response. And I think that's the sort of thing that it's worthwhile for supporters to be doing, but ultimately it's something which probably is, as I said at the start of this, I think all the clubs would have been expecting this backlash, hence why Arsenal haven't tweeted much or, or anything at all since this happened, because they know the backlash they're going to get. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, unfortunately, and I wish I did. I really, really wish I did. Um, but I think there is... There's only so much we as supporters can do, and that I, I think we have to do that to at least have a go, personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sitting here with like my hand, like my my face resting on my clenched fist, and just knowing that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I I think that's the thing. Like I said to you, like, I just can't believe we're going to do a podcast in a week about a game or two <laughs> and it, it's try just and it's get just back so to discussing the football it's so difficult to find that route because obviously before this we, we we sort of before we came on air we touched on the fact that obviously Arsenal played on Sunday and drew 1-1 with Fulham and we had different things we would have liked to have talked about with that but like you said it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter and i, I I, I don't know about you, but I watched Monday Night Football yesterday. Um, and obviously, all of the pre-build-up to the Leeds and Liverpool game was talking about this. There was very little comment about what was actually going on on the pitch because it's not the story now. It's not important. Um, so, yeah, it's um, I'm like you. I'm sat here, head in hands, <laughs> um, wondering where to go next with this. But I don't know what we can do. No. Well, all it remains to say is that um, I found it funny that you said you've united with um, friends about all of this because I've just been getting abuse for being an Arsenal fan. So I've chosen to adopt the persona that likes. Yeah, I've decided to call it the Super Duper League and I've told (laughs) everyone I am superior to them and I am super duper and they are not and therefore I do not respect their opinion and when you say things like that out loud you realise how ridiculous this whole thing is of course I'm a, I, I like winding people up but 
like when you when you <laughs> when you actually say this stuff out loud and you're like no 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 your, your club you support isn't super mine is and then you go like well, why and you're like well you just don't understand but we are super and you are you are not super that's why we are in the super league what I really enjoyed is that on, on Monday when I was at work, I had uh, my group chat from my housemates from university. And in in that group, we've got a Fulham fan, a Norwich fan, and a Reading fan. And it started with one of them saying, uh, Tom, uh, which one of our teams are you going to support now that you can't support Arsenal? <laughs> and then it went back and forth all day with, without me saying anything, with all of them justifying why I should support their club. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was who, it who would you have gone for oh, i don't know i think i i, I think reading a team I, I i just don't see reading as anything really i think that's the problem i have with reading <laughs> so sorry sorry nick holton but uh i don't think it's gonna be them um fulham are just a family club aren't they that, that's yeah, all, I, I, like I, I like Fulham. I like I like Fulham, but they are just a family club. So I, I'm probably leaning, leaning towards Norwich. I, I, I don't know why. I just quite like Norwich. I like their community feel to their whole their whole ground and stuff. Obviously, I've been there a few times, um, and it's just a, a, a nice environment. I, I, I like it, and I like their model of uh, working towards and working within their means and sort of not overspending. I, li- I, li- I like them. I think they're a, a decent club. So it's pro- probably yeah. them out of the three. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Todd Cantwell, Guna, you know, or do we, that mean we don't like him now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, it's all, it's all, it's all going to be very tough. If I could go to a March, I would. I mean, I, I, again, I think just my, my my closing sentiments, really, Tom. Are, you know, we've sold our soul. We've sold our soul, and I don't know when we did it, and it may never come back. And I, I don't know, sitting here today, if I'll ever feel the same again. I, I, yeah. I genuinely don't. And that's the thing that I, as a person who, like you, as you said so eloquently, this has been there for me through everything, my whole life. And the thought now that I'm having to contend with whether I'm going to follow this anymore or whether I can, like whether emotionally I can, because the only thing I can take from Sunday was about VAR and the moments being taken away when you score a goal. This is like the VAR league. All yeah. those moments are taken away. You know, it, it, it's VAR in a league. All those great moments, everything that makes football special, that makes you forget where you are, who, what's going on in the world. When your team scores a goal, that euphoria, there's nothing like it. And it looks like that's going to be taken away from, from all of us. Yeah, I think that's a really nice way to sort of summarise. Uh, obviously, it's been a really, I don't want to say morbid, but it's been a, a very sort of downbeat and a very different podcast to what we're usually used to. Obviously, we have some podcasts when we're we're more down than others because of results on the field. But I think that just shows how much we care more than anything else. And I think I think this shows that as well. But it's, it's as, as we keep saying, it, it's, it's completely... 
debilitating to us as as football supporters. And I can only hope that this is stopped somehow. But even if it is stopped, the damage is, has, has been done to an extent. So it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult to recover from. Anyway, thank you very much on for that your time. On, on that bombshell. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, hopefully you've appreciated us being so honest and open about our opinions on this. Um, I know there's a lot out there at the moment about people's perspectives uh, regarding this, um, but we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, if you'd like to see what we're ranting about on uh, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you can find us by searching for The Boys in Red and White. And I've not written anything for a while, but I feel like there might be something in the works uh, following this. So please check out the website, which is www.theboysinredandwhite.com. Andre, thank you very much for your time. I know it's been a tough podcast to record, but uh, I do appreciate you being here as always. Absolutely. No, my pleasure as always. Great to share in this pain with you, my friend. Yeah, it, re- it really is. It's uh, <laughs> a problem shared is a problem half, eh? <laughs> If if only it was that simple. If only it was that simple. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll be back with a podcast of some variety next week. Thank you and goodbye.